0: Hello and welcome to The Age Guide, Perspectives on the Aging Journey. We are here to be your personal age guide and enhance your quality of life on the road ahead. In this series of our podcast, we want to shine a light on the commitment and dedication of more than 44 million family caregivers in the United States who provide personal assistance to older adults, loved ones, and those with disabilities. These caregivers, also known as informal or unpaid caregivers, make up 21% of the adult population today. Caregiving is a demanding job, and no one is equipped to do it alone. Finding respite care and support can provide a vital break for weary caregivers. Relief can take many forms, from in-home care to daycare centers, It could also come in the form of quality programming to engage the care recipient and feed the soul of the caregiver. In our next episode, we explore a creative program offering just this type of support. We'll interview John and Sandy Miller, co-founders of the Sounds Good Choir to learn how this unique choir offers respite to caregivers of all ages while helping people with dementia and other disabilities connect to music and artistic expression. We'll also introduce our new caregiver specialist, Caitlin Tolentino, to share the other resources and supports for caregivers. And of course, you'll get to hear clips from the Sounds Good Choir woven throughout the episode. We hope that this leaves you with a song in your heart and a better understanding of the difference caregiver and dementia support programs can make let's listen in we have jonathan and sandy miller here today on the age guide podcast age guide perspectives on the aging journey and tell us a little bit about yourselves individually and how did you get involved with the sounds good choir overall um i am a professional choral conductor by
1: training i've been singing in in choirs ever since i was nine years old um I was the founder of a professional, high-end professional choir called Chicago Acapella, which I was part of for 27 years and retired from that a couple of years ago. Um, So I've been in choirs my whole life. And um, Sandy and I had a a very difficult year in 2015 where each one of us lost a parent. Um, There were some other losses in our family and I was working in music publishing. And at the end of that year, I lost my job. And it was very difficult. Um, But because we've been in choirs our whole lives, we had met some people from a remarkable choir in Washington, D.C., called Encore Creativity, which began the whole movement specifically of choirs for older adults. And we had met them. I had written a piece of music, which they had performed back in 2012. And they said to us, you know, if you ever want to bring this idea to Chicago, we would love that. So we thought, yeah, you know, maybe in 15 years when we're retired, we'll do that. Suddenly there was a need, and because uh, I needed a job. And, and Sandy said to me, You know, John, really think about what you want to do with your career. And uh, I said to her, I really want to bring this older adult choir thing to Chicago. And so I'll turn it over to Sandy because her role is indispensable in our success. So <laughs> oh, tell Nick about you. Thanks. Nice.
2: I'm a, I'm a clinical psychologist um who has been in private practice for the last uh 30 or 35 years um I have an office in Hinsdale and um I'm continuing to do practice even as I'm now um you know working full time for for Sounds Good Choir um to to add on to what Jonathan was saying you know that the year of 2015 as he said was an incredibly difficult year for us um, and as is often the case, I think when, when we go through times that are so, so, you know, so challenging, um, it, it brings things into perspective, you know, and I said to Jonathan, you know, life is short, clearly, <laughs> you know, that's been part of the lesson this year. Um, and, you know, and you have an opportunity here, you know, with, 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 a job that you know that you you need to to do um you know take a look at what what you want to do that has meaning and purpose um and perhaps is the thing that you're meant to do in this world and and um and the choir organization just popped up immediately so i said to john you know we're not going to starve. Um, you, you know, you can take a year to think it over and by the end of the year, you know, probably need to be doing something. Mm -hmm. And he had an answer within a couple of months and said, let's do that choir thing that we always dreamed about doing when we retire. So, um, so here we are. Um, also in, in addition to, um, those two jobs of being a psychologist and, and, um, the, program director for our dementia choirs. Um, I also am a deacon in the Episcopal church, um, and in the Episcopal world, that's an ordained, um, clergy position. So, um, that also ties together with the work that we're doing um because I really feel that it is god's work that um that we're doing um you know with our choirs so two thousand and fifteen was that really difficult year, and in early two thousand sixteen, we started our first two choirs um, in Hyde Park and Evanston. Those were our first two locations. They were
1: six week pilots,
2: six week pilots. By the end of the six weeks, we were rolling and decided to add two more choirs. And six weeks after that, we had, we went from four choirs to six choirs, which brought us to summer of 2016 when Jonathan ran into a colleague of his at a conference. And, um, who told jonathan about an organization on which he was serving on their board and the organization was called giving voice um giving voice in the twin cities minneapolis st paul is is the organization that um whose mission is to help create choirs for people with dementia singing alongside their care partners right Jonathan heard about this organization, came home from the conference and said, Sandy, I just heard about this amazing organization in the Twin Cities. I think we ought to go up and take a look at them as if we didn't have enough to do. You know, we're running we're running six brand new choirs with i don't know a couple hundred singers scattered all over you know the Chicago area and and uh and the last thing we needed to do on this earth was to go you know look at another choir possibility but we did yeah. um in October of 16 we went up to Minneapolis spent a day with the Giving Voice organization and literally on the way home in the airplane we pulled out our laptop mm-hmm. and tried to put together the beginning of a budget because those choirs for people with dementia and their care partners felt to us like something we just simply had to do. Like there was no option really.
3: Yeah.
1: And what the, what got us interested was my friend Brian Newhouse who's uh, up in the twin cities. He said, what's amazing about this choir is after you've been there for 30 or 45 minutes, the people with memory loss, their brains start to wake up and the singing switches them on and he said for the rest of the rehearsal you can't tell who has dementia and who doesn't and you there's no way to know this other than you gotta yeah. come see, you gotta it. see it so i was like okay sign us up let's go yeah. and we cried all day it was one of the most beautiful things we'd ever yeah. seen neither sandy or i had any background with dementia we don't have dementia in our family so You know, and Sandy's... My clinical practice is with children and adolescents. So, you know, totally different, you know,
2: age on the age. Yeah. And I've
1: mostly worked with professional singers and and only, you know, I spent some time doing church music with volunteer singers and synagogue music. But so this is a whole different experience for us. But he was right.
2: And in our life now, we see that all the time. We see exactly that, Um, you know, that our singers, you know, spend the rehearsal with us. And by the end of the rehearsal they are cognitively and behaviorally in a very different place than they were when they walked in. No. Yeah, um, And
1: age guide, you know, thank you all so much. You are supporting that. Yes. um, That program financially. Part of what happened is you told us, that's actually how we got to know you at age guide, because right around the time Sandy came up with the idea to do a pilot of this zoom based sing along. We met Colette Jordan from your staff who told us that all the memory cafes in person had gone away. Of course, because of course. nothing was happening in person at that time. And there was nothing in terms of musical or arts related programming for people with dementia. Mm-hmm. It was just gone. Mm-hmm. So they were really looking for someone to partner with who could create something. And, and we, we were in were, the
2: middle of trying to invent it. <laughs> well,
1: and we were incredibly fortunate in that Paul Langford from our, from our conducting staff and Kelsey Cox from our...
2: administrative staff
1: staff were brilliant and really on the cutting edge of what technology could do for people and so we just rode that wave and asked them to keep coming up with great ideas about technology and then and then the content really helped so so those programs continue
3: yeah
2: and so the sing-alongs offered you know once a week um all year long
1: fridays at 1 p.m and anybody who's listening to this podcast who wants to be part of the Good Memories Sing Along Cafe. Yes. All you have to do is go to soundsgoodchoir.org and click on the link for the Good Memories Cafe, sign up, mm-hmm. fill out a simple online survey, we'll get you in the database yep. and age guide will give us your information. We'll add you to the to the group and every Thursday you'll get an email with the name of the topic and who's leading it from our conducting team and the zoom link because it changes every week based on who's conducting it and you to go you get to go sing for an hour of fun. yep
2: and it's free.
4: You know, I am the caregiver and dementia specialist at Age Guide Northeastern Illinois. My role at the agency is to oversee and monitor all the services for persons with dementia and family caregivers. So just one example of that is the family caregiver support program which is for unpaid family caregivers. An unpaid caregiver is defined as someone who is caring for a loved one without any type of compensation. So in home care with no pay. And when I say caring for, I essentially mean in any capacity related to daily activities of living. A very, very large issue that I often run into in my work is that unpaid family caregivers often do not self identify because they're just doing what is necessary for their parent or their other loved one. But if you assist with driving someone to their doctor's appointments, running errands for them, Cooking, cleaning, paying bills, dressing, bathing, or assisting with their medications, then you are a caregiver. There are different categories of caregivers. For example, there are unpaid caregivers that are taking care of older adults over the age of 60. There are unpaid caregivers for loved ones with dementia, which includes Alzheimer's disease. There are grandparents raising grandchildren. And then there are also unpaid caregivers for a loved one with a severe, a severe disability. According to a 2022 AARP Illinois survey, there are nearly 1.5 million caregivers who provide about 1.24 billion hours of unpaid care each year. From a monetary perspective, that's about $17 billion worth of care. And when performing their caregiver responsibilities, unpaid caregivers spend an average of $7,242 each year on care for their loved one. Not unsurprisingly, caregivers face several different challenges, such as high stress levels, burnout, balancing work and their caregiving responsibilities, financial stress, and having no personal time to themselves to pursue their own interests. And those are just the ones that I can name off the top of my head right now. There's a short list of caregiver challenges, and there are so many more that I could discuss other than those examples. In this podcast episode, you just heard from John and Sandy Miller, who are the CEOs for the Sounds Good Choir. This choir is just one of the many valuable caregiver resources available to support unpaid caregivers. The program provides older adults with an opportunity to enhance their well-being and social interaction through the joy of music, like you heard about. Some older adults choose to participate in the program alongside their caregiver, which directly, of course, affects the caregiver. However, whether or not caregivers actually participate with the participants, the program still has an impact on them. For instance, if a caregiver doesn't participate with their loved one, the sessions still provide the caregiver with an opportunity for some respite. They drop off their loved one to the Sounds Good Choir, and they can go run their errands, they can go to their own doctor's appointments, and things such as that. Respite is defined as short-term relief for unpaid caregivers, so things that like I just talked about. And because the the sessions for the choir are regularly scheduled week to week, it does give caregivers the chance to have some time to themselves, whether that be to kind of do their own hobbies, go work out, do some much-needed grocery shopping. Um, Having that time to mentally and physically recharge benefits both the caregiver and the care receiver. In addition to the Sounds Good Choir, Age Guide, in partnership with other agencies, offers many other caregiver support services that include caregiver resource centers, the T-care assessment, gap-filling services, access to supportive funding, legal services, counseling, training, education, and support groups. And those are all services that are tailored to, ne- to meet the needs and challenges of unpaid family caregivers. With all that said, AgeGuide highly encourages accessing the services that I just touched on because they do exist for a reason. They're beneficial to the caregiver and, by extension, the care receiver. In order to inquire about those services, please call AgeGuide at 630 293 5990 or email info at ageguide.org. Again, info at ageguide.org.
0: like I said, this podcast, you know, is a part of a a series on caregivers. And we know that many caregivers are carrying with someone with dementia or other memory issues. And HCOT obviously funds these projects um, in part to support these caregivers and um, the choir and the caregiving kind of go together. Is there, you know, is there some stories that you've heard from different caregivers you know even ones that participate and ones that just kind of go off and have that respite have you heard any um stories that can that you can kind of tell that maybe other people could hear and kind of uh, echo along to others to say hey you know this is something that might work for you in these situations
2: yeah one of our that one of our care partners was talking about that yesterday particularly talking with john with jonathan about it um oh, right. that that he you know that he He comes in and and just is able to kick back and and not be having to plan. You know, it's like an hour and a half of his week where he isn't the one who has to make the plans and run everything for he and his wife. Yeah. Um, And
1: at the same time, it's not adult daycare. You know, there and there's a huge role in the world. Thank God for adult daycare, because sometimes you just need to take your person to someplace where they're going to be safe and you can go home and take a nap or take a shower or cry or go to the store or get a haircut or whatever. And that's incredibly important, but this is different. Mm -hmm. And, and the, one of the differences, you know, if you also need respite, Go get respite. We're saying this to the care care partners who are listening to this podcast. Please, you know, take care of yourself. Get respite. Find out all the support systems that you have um, from Age Guide and from everywhere else and from your family and friends and loved ones. Get the support that you need, you know, because respite is absolutely essential. And the Good Memories Choir model, which we have now implemented in two locations, um, is... What's one of the things that's so cool about it is that there are three kinds of people in that choir. Other than the conductor, obviously, there are people with memory loss. There are care partners, and the care partner could be uh, a spouse, could be a family member, could be a friend, could be a care a paid caregiver. And we have all kinds of people mm-hmm. who I think people actually in every in, we have
2: every yeah one in all of those all, all of those
1: uh and currently. And uh, volunteer singers, most of whom sing in our other Sounds Good choirs and really believe in this model, they were trained mm-hmm. by Dan Kuhn, the wonderful dementia educator from Alt- from Trust Home Care. He's been in the field for 40 years, brilliant. And so they had a half day training with him about how do you interact socially in a, in a supportive and and kind and Mm -hmm. compassionate way with someone who has dementia and with a care partner also. So, um, so uh, we've got people with memory loss, we've got their care partners and we've got the volunteers all singing together. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a name tag and nobody knows who's who. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't say I'm Bill and I have dementia. It just says I'm Bill and it doesn't say I'm Georgiana and I had, and I'm a care partner. Mm -hmm. So Sometimes people haven't have said to us, I didn't know that person had dementia because that's not what's important. We're all there because it's an environment that's there to support people with dementia and their care partners. And one of the reasons we say care partners instead of caregivers is that the care partners need care too. It's not just a one-way street and the care partners come to us and often they are exhausted and they are tapped out and they tell us. This is the only ninety minutes of the week that we don't have to plan. Right.
2: This is the only time we go out of the house that it's not going to a doctor appointment. Um,
1: yeah. And we. I just talked to. A, I just talked to a, a a spouse yesterday who said, "You know, I take my wife to the symphony. I take her to theater. But this is the only place where really we really go, and she's doing something active and she's interacting with other people. The only thing." Yeah. They've moved to a new re- retirement facility and they are isolated. Yeah. She's just not able, not able to, you know, to, to engage and interact. And it's, it's, yeah. it's heartbreaking. And it shows us the, that this program is, is really filling a need. Yeah. Um, oh, sometimes it was so funny yesterday. One of the, one of the people with dementia said, you know, cause, cause we're coming up to a performance. <laughs> We've got a big concert next week. And I said, you know, I joke, watch the conductor. And your whole life works, you know, it's not just that you get that the music doesn't fall apart, but you really have to watch the conductor. So, one of the women said to me, It's a good thing you're so handsome because otherwise, I wouldn't watch <laughs> you at all. So, so funny just,
2: totally lushed and turned red. yeah. And they and they tease him, yeah.
1: It's, just it's, a, it's, it's really funny.
2: One of our women with dementia yesterday got so excited that she said i feel like doing cartwheels <laughs> and and you know she's up close to 90 years old and i don't think that's such a great idea so i yeah,
1: said so i'm not very good at doing cartwheels but if anyone happy. here wants to do a cartwheel do a cartwheel so.
2: so so joy really is a an important part of our agenda um we were talking about care partners and and their experience and mm-hmm. i just wanted to say to add something about about our choir um as Jonathan mentioned, you know, we don't, people don't have labels in our choir. You know, we're not saying I'm a care partner or I'm a person with dementia. Um, but there is a sense, a strong sense when we're all there that we're all in this together. Totally. And, and I think, you know, for the, for the care partners, particularly, I think they feel that connection and they feel that that awareness that they're among people who are going through the same kind of, you know, difficulties um, and hopefully joys, but difficulties and challenges, um, you know, that there are people kindred spirits there who, who share that life experience with them. And it's one of those unstated, you know, phenomenon that just exists in our choir. And I think there's a way in which some of I can see it in some of our care partners. They come in and not only do they know that here's an hour and a half where they're kind of off duty. Um, you know, sometimes they don't even sing. <laughs> they just sit there and 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 hopefully relax. But but, you know, for that hour and a half, they're in a place where we all get it. Yes, their person um,
1: is safe, their person is loved, their person yeah. is cared for, there's no judgment. And kind of fun. Yeah, And there's no judgment and there's no stigma. And we almost actually never talk about dementia. Exactly. Because you don't have to, because everybody gets it. It's
2: known already, yeah. And
1: that's one of the things that's so cool. It's I that mean,
2: intangible, you know, kind of emotional atmosphere that, you know, just gets created by virtue of, of what we're doing.
0: Now that we have learned about our guests and who they are, we want them to walk up the steps, grab a microphone, and get on our age stage. This segment allows a soapbox-like platform to speak to the aging community on any topic they want to shine a light on. In this age stage, Jonathan and Sandy talk about the importance of research and the impact choirs have on people with dementia. Let's listen in. But we're also going to kind of go to a quick segment that kind of envelops a lot of what I just said, (laughs) which is called the age stage. And normally at the end of every interview, we normally allow people to get up on our age stage and talk about whatever they really want to. And we want to, you know, as much as we've heard a lot about your passions and stuff like that, we really want to hear about, you know, the nitty gritty of something maybe that you want to change in society or whatever, whatever that really is, you know, I'm going to put that spotlight on you, give you a mic and just let you have that. And uh, we'll start that conversation now. So what is something that you want to uh, say on this age stage?
2: Yay. Yay. for that! <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess I'm speaking, um, I'm speaking more from my role as a clinical psychologist now.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, one of the things that many people don't know about the training of a clinical psychologist is that the, that the doctoral degree in clinical psych, is, is um, at, his, at its core is a research degree. Mm-hmm. Um, we are trained to be researchers and, and often the statisticians in medical center research teams are clinical psychologists. So even though most of us go into clinical work as I did and, you know, see patients for, um, for many years um, it, in our heart of hearts, we are, we are still researchers. So we, um, As soon as we started our choirs, particularly our choirs for people with dementia, um, I have felt a a pull to contribute to the scientific literature, um, which is pretty scant at this point. You know, anecdotally, you know, the things we've been talking about, anecdotally, we see this every day. You know, we see the effect that music has um, on our on our singers um and yet there's not a ton of you know scientific you know research to to document that. They're
1: yeah, really well-designed, rigorous yeah, research studies.
2: Um it's hard to do, and there are probably lots of other reasons that it that it isn't there. But um after about four years of trying to put together um the right team of people um to to help me with that with that goal, I'm happy to say that we will be beginning. Um, a a research project in fall of 2023 that is a collaboration with um, um, the Northwestern Meslin um, Alzheimer's Center um, with some input and collaboration from um, a team from Rush as well from their Alzheimer's Center. And the principal investigator of this study, the lead guy of our, what we call our dream team is Dr. Borna Banakdarpur, who's a neurologist um, at Northwestern at their Alzheimer's Center. And uh, we will be studying um, in a, you know, with a pilot study and a pilot study is, is, you know, a first step in trying to figure out the best way to research, um, you know, this, this question and so we're going to be looking at, you know, wanting to document the positive effects of singing in a choir for people with memory loss and also mm-hmm. in the broader world for older adults um, as a whole. So we're very excited about that. It's It took four years to put together just the right group of people. And, and right, I'm really yeah. excited that we have that team and so excited about these colleagues. I mean, they are like just amazingly talented um, researchers and super great human beings. Um, so I'm honored to be, to have us working with them and to be part of, you know, part of that team.
1: Yeah, they've worked together before on several projects. Uh, they, uh, they, they really know what they're doing. And it's been fun to work out the, the research methodology. Yeah. You know, anytime you, anytime you do a research project at the university level with human subjects, you have to bring it before what's called the Institutional Review Board. and And we've made it our project has been approved mm-hmm. by by the IRB which is exciting so we can really start to roll up our sleeves and the, yeah. and plan for that so
2: we'll begin our data collection in late summer of
3: 2023
2: mm-hmm. and um and and finish the data collection for that project in December of 2023 and then hopefully um, be looking at places to publish that in the you know in the scientific journals the medical yeah. journals.
1: These are these are online surveys that our constituents will be filling out a yeah. month before, and then right at, yeah. right at the beginning of the program, and then at the end, and then we'll yeah. we'll, we'll look at the data and see what it can. Tell so us.
2: anyone participating in our choirs during that fall session, which begins in September. Anyone participating in our choirs is, you know, is eligible to, to be in. part of the study. Um, yeah. It's it's open to anyone who's singing with us. Yeah.
1: And for people in the Age Guide area, that's our choirs in Downers mm-hmm. Grove and, and and Wheaton. So if people want to be part of, in addition to singing, which is a lot of fun, if people want to be part of a research project documenting the impact of, of choral singing on... Mm-hmm. Any number of health measures, um, you know, j- jump on right. in.
2: And at the same time, if someone just wants to sing with us and research isn't their bag, that's also totally too.
1: <laughs>
0: Super fun, <laughs> absolutely. And and you know, it's it's from an angle that I didn't think about. You y'all have actually this wonderful focus group, which is really amazing. You know, it's not only that. Not only are you bringing someone to a very special place where there's that release that group therapy feeling that musical uh attunement to the world you actually are contributing to something that might push the dial just a little bit further of us kind of looking in what's actually cognitively happening and what maybe people should be kind of participating in to kind of deflect these effects from happening regardless of if it's going to happen or not to them
2: absolutely absolutely yeah. mm-hmm. and to and to Confide in you, sort of, my secret agenda about oh, this. Oh, well, I'm
0: excited. Let's get um, this going.
2: <laughs> not so secret. But, oh, okay. You know, in the British Isles right mm. now, if someone is, you know, in Scotland, in England, if someone is diagnosed with dementia, they automatically receive from their physician what they call a social prescription. They mm. get a prescription to go sing in a choir, for example. Um, their physician says, here's what I want you to do. You know, maybe they give it on their prescription pad. I don't know. Um, but you know, I, your doctor want you to go sing in a choir because we know it's good for you. So my secret hope is that we can get to that point in our country as well. So that everybody who's diagnosed with dementia hears from their physician. We know this is good for you. Go go do this. In
1: (laughs) fact, in Scotland, where they have a mandate from the government to to do this, they're in the process of building a whole network of dementia-friendly choirs yeah. they, because they, didn't have it. <laughs> they got all these people with dementia and they've got these social prescriptions. Yeah. They they have they have someone's got to have
0: some do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
2: And we would mm-hmm. need many more choirs um, in our country as well, but that would be a happy, a happy uh, challenge to have. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly.
0: It's great to hear that all of this stuff is kind of working at once. It has this overall effect that it's kind of happening. It's happening on the psychological end to kind of push things a little bit more. It's giving that um, either connection or that respite care or that gap filling service that really allows someone to go away and kind of do their own thing or actually get closer and closer to somebody. And it also allows that those coping skills to be learned, the music and everything like that. And then overall, it's just Such a beautiful program. It's one of my favorites here at Age Guide that Uh really connects people together. And you guys, again, are doing some great work. And it was amazing talking to you. And if you can uh, just kind of give, again, a little bit more information on where to find yourself, Uh, just if you could talk to the caregivers and all the people that are listening now, Mm -hmm. Um, could you give them a little bit more info about where and when to find you?
1: Sure. If you want to learn more about our programs, go to our website, which is soundsgoodchoir.org. If you're interested in the in the Good Memories sing along, which is every Friday at, two, at from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. for people with memory loss and their care partners, you can sign up for free for that. Um, if you are interested in the Good Memories Choir, you can go on that website. Uh, go on our website again, look at Good Memories Choir. Um, the sing-alongs go every week, 52 weeks a year, on Friday. Uh, the Good Memories Choir is having concerts. All of our choirs are having concerts in December, and then we take a break and we'll start again the end of January, beginning of February. But just go to soundsgoodchoir.org. Uh, all the information is right there. It just It's spelled just like it sounds. Soundsgoodchoir, C-H-O-I-R.org. If you want to come to our concert, just know you'll need to bring your vax card and your mask, but it's super fun. Yeah. Singing with a mask actually is not as bad as it sounds. And uh, there are there are singers masks. You you can find them online and that that makes it more fun, too. But just go to soundsgoodchoir.org. And you can learn all about
3: that.
0: Absolutely. And thank you, uh, Jonathan and Sandy, for coming in and talking with me today. And uh, like I said, everyone that's heard this, you have this information in front of you. Please use it. Please share it around. Please make sure that it goes to the right people that will be a part of this. And also people that are musical out there that want to help out, want to volunteer. It doesn't just have to be, oh, dementia this or dementia that or Alzheimer's. You could just be a musician who wants to help out and wants to sing and maybe grab someone's hand and take them to that place. So thank you very much for uh, being here and I hope you guys have a great one. Thank you for listening to The Age Guide, Perspectives on the Aging Journey. We hope you learned something new on this podcast because we all have a stake in promoting a high quality of life for people on their aging journey. Age coordinates and administers many services for older adults in Northeastern Illinois. We serve DuPage, Grundy, Kane, Kankakee, Kendall, Lake, McHenry, and Will Counties. Our specially trained professionals are available to answer questions and connect you with local service providers and resources. In addition to the Sounds Good Choir, AgeGuide, in partnership with other agencies, offers many other caregiver support services that include access to counseling, legal services, training, and support groups, as well as financial assistance for supportive services such as respite care. All of these services are tailored to each unique caregiver based on an individual assessment called T-Care. If you are interested in these services or want to learn more, go to our website at ageguide.org. Call our offices at 630-293-5990. Please follow our podcast, so when we post our monthly podcast, you are notified on your streaming account. Thank you, and we will see you next time on The Age Guide, Perspectives on the Aging Journey.